For those of you who don't know, my name is Pastor Tony. I'm one of the assistant youth pastors here, and we are kicking off a brand new sermon series that we're calling God Never Said That. Because as we just saw in our little game, there's quite a few sayings out there that people think are in the Bible when the reality is they're not in the Bible, and God never said that. So one of the things we're wanting to remind you guys and encourage you guys in this series is obviously to read your Bible, right? To read one chapter of the Bible on a daily basis, because if you don't read the Bible, then you're not going to know what it says, right? And then that means anybody could come along and say, tell you it's in the Bible when it's really not, uh, and you could believe them, or, and then you could be deceived, And we don't want you guys to be deceived, right? We want you to know the truth because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. How many of of you guys knew that line was from the Bible, right? Only a few of you knew that? The rest of y'all didn't know that? Okay. All right. You need to be reading. So so tonight, we're going to be looking at a, a very dangerous lie with some very serious consequences. But before we do that... Want to have a little bit of fun with you guys, all right? A little bit more fun. So I need you to take a good look at the people that are sitting around you. Look to your left, to your right, sitting behind you, sitting in front of you. Did you get a good look at their face, all right? And and who it is you're sitting next to. You got it, Eli? All right. Everyone, Everyone got a good look? All right. Now, on the count of three, I want you to point at the person that you think is the biggest sinner. One, two three. <laughs> All right, I saw Mr. Jans pointing at himself up. Nick's pointing at me. That, nice. People pointing at each other. Nice, nice. Charisma's pointing at herself. Okay, yeah, pointing at me. I, I, I wasn't participating in this. All right, I was calling it out. All right, now, now raise your hand. Uh, how many of you, that was a little bit awkward? All right, let, let me see your hands. Okay, for some of you. Thank you for participating in our little activity. And I think for those of you who raised your hand and said, yeah, that was a little bit awkward, I think that's because in our culture today, it is very frowned upon or discouraged to call someone a sinner. It is very unacceptable in culture today to say that what someone is doing is sin or wrong on certain issues. And that's which leads us to the cultural misbelief we're going to be looking at today, which is It doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. I'm here to tell you guys tonight that God never said that. And if we were to try and determine what the most important cultural value in our world today is, I think I could make a pretty good case that the most important cultural value in our world today is tolerance. All right, and, and when you look at the word tolerance, it's interesting because the definition has even massively changed over the past 10 years or so. For instance, tolerance used to mean that all people have equal value, but today the definition of tolerance is that all ideas and behavior have equal value. So you can see the, the emphasis has shifted from people to ideas and behavior. And so because of this shift is very important because now it is unacceptable to call behavior wrong that our culture has deemed appropriate. So to illustrate this, I want to just give you a few examples of some terms that our culture has created for certain sins 
to make them sound more acceptable and to cover their true sinful nature. For instance, our culture doesn't prefer to call pornography porn. Okay? Instead, they like to call it adult entertainment. Right? That makes it sound you know, harmless, you know, makes it sound innocent, when the reality is that it's not. Okay, our culture also, they, they don't like to refer to premarital sex as fornication, right? That's the Bible word for two unmarried people having sex, fornication. And our culture, they, they don't even, they don't want to use that word, certainly, and they don't even want to call it a sin. So instead today, our culture likes re- to refer to it as hooking up, or a more common one, Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a euphemism for hook, for premarital sex. You see, because fornication, man, that's a, that's a big word. That's kind of a harsh word our culture says, so we don't want to use that. Instead, they want to use these other terms, which make it sound, again, innocent, harmless, not a big deal. It sounds acceptable when the reality is it's not. And then I want to give you guys one other example, and I have a video clip to help me illustrate it. Let's go ahead and check that out. I think we got a lot of VeggieTales fans in the house. Make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an old throwback. This thing was 1997. It's crazy. So, but this clip so beautifully illustrates exactly what I'm talking about, right? Our society, we don't want to call, you know, lying, you know, not telling the truth lying. Instead, we want to call it, you know, he uses words, we'll call it a story. We'll call it a, a fib. You know, our culture also says calling it a white lie, you know? So it makes it sound like it's not that bad when reality is it's still a lie, right? And it's still wrong. And these are just a few examples of how our culture has watered down sin and calls it something else because tolerance is king. And because our culture believes the lie that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. Well, I'm here to tell you guys tonight that sin is real and the Bible defines for us what sin is and what sin is not, regardless of what our culture says. Amen. That was a weak amen. Amen! There you go. So tonight what we're going to do in the rest of our time is go a little bit deeper by debunking some of the things that people say to justify the belief that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. So the first lie that we're going to look at tonight that people use to justify this is that all sin is the same. People in the world use this line to say things like, you can't judge me. What I'm doing is no different than what you're doing. God never said that. The Bible does not teach that all sin is the same. Now, the Bible does teach that all unforgiven sin leads to eternal death. This is an important point, so I need you guys to catch this. So, all unforgiven sin does lead to eternal death, but not all sin is the same. Nod your head if you guys are tracking with me. No? Yes? Okay. All right. So I want to show you guys a scripture, one quick example that illustrates this point. And Jesus was talking to Pontius Pilate in John 19, 11, And he said, therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a, say it with me, greater sin. Right. So this shows that there are greater sins and that there are lesser sins. Therefore, all sins are not equal. Right. Pretty, pretty straightforward. So, but why does this even matter that you guys understand that all sins are not the same? 
because obviously God wants us to avoid all sin, right? And the point of this sermon is not that you all would feel self-righteous, you know, like, oh, I haven't committed this sin or that sin, so I'm better than this person. You know, I've never had sex. I've never killed anyone, so I'm better than people that have done those things, right? That, that is not the point of the sermon and why I'm bringing this up. It is so important that you recognize that all sin is not the same because different sins have different consequences. So I'm going to give one example. Paul uh, is talking about sexual sin in 1 Corinthians, and this is what he says in, in 6.18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So what Paul tells us, he pulls us to the side and he says, hey, sexual sin, it has a unique effect on us that other sins don't. And because of this, the way sexual sins affect us, we need to be extra careful to guard against them because it affects us like no other sin does. But if you believe the lie that all sin is the same, then it's very easy for you to disregard what Paul's saying and say, hey, you know, I'm committing sexual sin. What's the big deal? It's no different than lying, gossiping, cheating, whatever, because you believe falsely, you believe the lie that all sin is the same. But the Bible doesn't teach us that. The Bible teaches that all sin is not the same, and because of this, our behavior influences three different areas that I want to highlight for you guys real quick. And the first area that influences is consequences on earth. Now, this is, this is pretty simple stuff, so you guys know this. Our behavior affects us right here and right now. And a quick story to help illustrate this for you guys from my own life. So when I was in the third grade, everyone say third grade. Third grade. So I had a friend, and my friend made an inappropriate comment about another, a female student to me. And now this just wasn't any female student. This happened to be the principal's daughter. Say, oh no. That's right. So I thought the comment was funny. And so I foolishly went and told some other classmates the comment. Yeah, you guys can already see where this is going. What do those classmates do? They immediately go and tell the teacher. Next thing I know, my friend and I are sitting in the principal's office. Say, here we go. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Now, my friend and I, we both got into trouble, right? But I got in a little less trouble at school and at home than my friend did because I was merely repeating what my friend had said. I didn't come up with the comment, right? So there were different set of consequences for making the inappropriate comment versus repeating it, coming up with it versus repeating it. And the same is true for us across life, right? So if you yell at your siblings, if you have them, they, and they're getting irritating you and you yell at them, you're, that's going to have one set of consequences with your parents. Versus if you push them out of the car while your parents are driving, that's going to have a different set of consequences, right? Absolutely. So we have different consequences on earth. Our behavior influences that area. The next area it influences is rewards in heaven. All right, so we will be rewarded based on our good deeds, based on our obedience to the Lord, and based on our fulfilling of his calling 
on our lives. So not everyone's going to get the same reward. Not everyone's going to get the same mansion in heaven. And then lastly, uh, our behavior also influences punishments in hell. So for those who don't accept Jesus as their Lord, as we saw earlier, not all sins are the same. So different punishments are going to be for different people, different levels of sin. So it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. God never said that. What we do, how we live, matters on earth and in eternity. So the first lie we looked at is that all sin is the same. The next lie that we're going to look at that people use to justify the belief that it doesn't matter what you do, the lie is I've already done it, so I might as well continue doing it. Now, the list of possible sins that you could use this as a justification for is practically endless, right? It could be, I've already looked at porn, so might as well continue doing it. I've already done drugs, so I might as well continue doing it. I've already cheated in school, so I might as well continue doing it. I've already lied to my parents, so I might as well continue doing it. I've already done it, so I might as well continue doing it. And you know, this kind of thinking, it really isn't new. Because actually Paul addressed it 2,000 years ago in Romans chapter 6. Let's look at verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? So in other words, if God's going to forgive us anyway, does it even matter if I stop sinning or not? Paul answers in the next verse, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So in other words, Paul is saying since Jesus died for our sins and then we died with him when we accepted him as our Lord, why would we continue to walk in these things that produce emptiness and death in our lives. Our sin nature no longer has power over us. We have the power of Christ so that we don't have to walk in those ways anymore. Should we keep on sinning? Of course not. God has something so much better for you. I've already done it, so I might as well continue doing it. We need to recognize that that is a lie and that God never said that. You know, I think it's a, it's a tragedy how many people call themselves Christians and then they continually walk in the same sin habits and justify it and rationalize it and say, who are you to judge me? You see, I think, and that, I believe that the most miserable person is not a non-Christian. I believe the most miserable person is a Christian who continues to live in sin because they know the freedom and the life that's available to them, but they continually walk in the same sin. They know there's a better way, but they don't take a hold of it. And now, I want you guys to hear me. This is pretty, pretty heavy in here, pretty serious. The last thing I want you guys to do is to think that I have it all together, because I don't. I'm just like all of you. I am not perfect, believe me. 
In fact, I can, you know, I'm so passionate about this because I can vividly remember times in my own life battling sexual sin when I told myself the lie. I've already done it, so I might as well continue doing it. I messed up yesterday, so what's the big deal if I mess up today? I messed up last week, so what's the big deal if I mess up this week? But thank God I did not stay in that mindset. Because if I had, I would still be in bondage today. Instead, I continued to fight and continue to resist. And I'm free from that battle today. And here to tell you that you can be free as well. God has too great of a purpose and a calling on your life, young people, for you to live defeated. So the point of this sermon, let me be clear, is not that you go away leaving feeling guilty or feeling like a horrible person. The point of the sermon is that you recognize that God says what we do matters and that you can live a life of victory. We, we love you guys, and so we don't want you to play games with sin because we know that sin is addictive. Sin doesn't satisfy. That is the nature of all sin. It only leaves you empty, only leaves you craving more. And this is obvious with things like porn, but it is true for every single sin. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin is a big deal, and it is costing you right now. How is it costing you, you may ask? It's costing you in your relationship and your intimacy with Jesus. You're losing intimacy with him. Now hear me, God still loves you. But you are going to lose sensitivity to his voice and to his presence. And as your heart hardens, the distance between sinning and repentance is going to grow longer and longer and longer. You see, we're we're all going to mess up. There's not a single person here who doesn't mess up. But spiritually mature Christians, they have a short distance between sinning and repenting. And that's what we want you guys to have as well. So the bad news tonight is that sin will mess you up. But there is good news. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I said Jesus is a friend of sinners. And that is really good news. Uh, There's one final verse that I want to leave you guys with, and that's uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The word promises us that when we're facing temptation, there is a way out. So let me tell you guys tonight, it doesn't matter what you're trapped in. It doesn't matter how long you've been there. God always gives you a way out. And the Bible says that Jesus is the way, so he is the way out. You step out of your sin and you step into Jesus. You step out of the bondage and into his grace. You step into his power and out of the snares. Jesus is the way out. There's always a way out. Sin does cost us, but Jesus is bigger than our sin. So when culture tells you that it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you don't hurt anyone, we need to recognize that that is a lie from the enemy. 
And sin is the biggest enemy of God. But Jesus is a friend of sinners. And the reason that we're here tonight is to receive his grace and to become more like him.